Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mutualisms, the podcast where we talk about science, art, and everything that fits in the middle of that nice little Venn diagram. This week, we are talking to Alejandra Daniel about dancing and marine science. Alejandra, aka Alex, grew up knowing three things. She loved the ocean, she didn't understand science, and she was going to be a professional ballet dancer. She spent the first 19 years of her life dedicated to dance, including ballet, tap, jazz, contemporary, and modern, and was a dance major in college for a whopping one whole semester before deciding to take a chance and transfer schools to Georgia Southern University to follow her passion for marine biology. She is currently in her second year pursuing a master's of science in biology at Georgia Southern University, where she studies corals and their responses to the changing ocean. So how are you? How's your week? Did anything exciting happen? I don't know. I was making your graphs today. Oh, it was good. Mm -hmm. I sent them to Allison and I was nervous because I didn't get uh, Danny my advisor's yeah. approval oh really before and I normally do that uh-huh. and so I had to be like it's fine I trusted myself I'm tr- I trusted myself I can send it I'm, I am scientist <laughs> <laughs> I am doing science yes I am doing the thing yeah okay were they like color-coded or like did you do anything fancy with them not really it was just like uh your basic like line graph okay. showing change in percent coverage over time of every single species no oh, okay no okay. they asked for five or well five native to non-native species okay of, okay. of invertebrates okay and yeah what are the non-native ones um the <laughs> calisfungia vaginalis <laughs> We love our girl, Calispongia. Yeah. And some, like, species of, like, acorn barnacle. Okay. But we had just been, like... Um, Wilton, why are you obsessed with my toe? <laughs> she looked ready to put an entire big toe in her mouth. <laughs> um, some species of acorn barnacle, but we had just been re- recording them as barnacle. Okay. So, I mean, I told her that, and she was like, yeah, that's fine. Just give it to me. Yeah. I mean, you that's all you can do with the data that you have now. Yeah. And it's just kind of rock and roll with it. Yep. At this point. Yeah. Okay. So, launching in, okay. talking about science and art, mm-hmm. if you had a Venn diagram, and on one side, you had coral biology, mm-hmm. and on the other side, dancing, mm-hmm. what's going in the middle? That's such an interesting question because my first thought is there are just generally a lot of similarities in, like, the structure. Mm -hmm. Like, but my second thought is what I remember about loving about dancing was how fluid I could feel sometimes. And it very much reminds me of how fluid I feel when I'm underwater. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, like, the methods you use while dancing, which is, like, using your body and feeling fluid, are similar to the methods that you personally use 
when you are studying corals and in the field like you have that sort of like same feeling I get that same feeling okay like, it's almost like a feeling in my chest of like <laughs> excuse us while we take a brief pause while Wilton coughs up a <laughs> Wilton's also got the feeling in her chest I was saying something about a feeling. <laughs> you said it's something like it gives you, it's this feeling in my chest. Oh, yeah. It's it's a feeling in my chest that I get almost of freedom and clarity. Mm-hmm. It's what I imagine people without anxiety feel all the time. <laughs> What a life. I know. That sounds M- so must nice. Must be nice. Sounds so nice. Um, would you say that there are skills you use as a dancer that are similar or translate across to skills you use as a scientist uh, studying corals? Absolutely. Um, and they're not necessarily like, you know, outer skill, like, A lot of dancing is obviously like physical skill, Mm -hmm. but a lot of it is really mental too. Like I was not a, I was not one of those like child prodigy ballerinas. Like (laughs) I had like a horrible turnout and I was not naturally flexible. And I started off doing ballet a lot later than a lot of all the other girls. And so like it was this, there was this, um, period of time that I went through where I was like, I am not good at this, mm-hmm. but I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to work my ass off mm-hmm. so that I can be good at it yeah. because it's something that I want. And that is absolutely something that is translated to science because when I was in high school, I was really bad at science. Hmm. I did not understand it. I think, like, I barely brushed through, like, biology and chemistry, understanding nothing. Yeah. Um, I did take my senior uh, year of high school. They had a marine biology class at my high school. And I took it and fell in love with it. Shout out to Miss Sheftall. If you're listening. She always believed in me. (laughs) That's so important to have people like that. Yeah. Yeah. And you originally, we were talking about this the other day, you actually started out at college as a dance major. Did you ever think that, like, when you were 18, just starting, like, fresh face, did you ever think that you would actually pivot and end up doing science instead? No. No? Absolutely not. Like... I feel like a lot of people that I meet are like, oh, I always wanted to be a a biologist. No. No. (laughs) I thought I was going to be a ballet dancer. Yeah. And I just, that's something that I just always like, oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to be a dancer. Mm -hmm. And so I think there were times like in the back of my head when I would be like at a summer intensive or 
or hear about like some professional dancer and it would be like, is that really what I want to do with my life? But I would just kind of brush it away because they're, yeah, it was just what I knew yeah. what I thought I wanted. Yeah. It was you like know? your identity, right? Yeah, yeah. For a long time. Yeah. A really long time. Yeah. And I feel like that is something that scientists and artists both similarly do is we really attach our identities to what we do. Yeah. And I know that happen- that happens in other professions. That happens in all professions. But yeah. I do really feel like a lot of the time scientists and artists especially like define their entire selves based on what they study or like the art that they do. And, you know, that that's probably why it was hard for you to sort of like do that is because your whole identity was being a dancer. Yeah. And now your whole identity is being a dancer and a marine biologist. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly just marine (laughs) biologist at this point. I mean, yeah. Grad school is at least time for nothing. Yeah. But I do. I mean, I started dancing when I was two and a half years old. Wow. And I didn't stop until I was, I think I was 19. Wow. So most of my life has spent, I've spent being a dancer. Wow. You know, it's just recently that it's pivoted. Yeah. That's really intense. What, like, what made you decide to change? Like, what was the moment? I don't think you've actually ever told me. You know, I don't know if I have an exact moment that I remember. It's like gradual. But I was, I was at the school that I went to, Mm -hmm. a different school than I did my undergraduate in, um, as a dance major. And I was so miserable. Yeah. I was so miserable. I was like depressed. I was feeling like I was incredibly overweight. And like now me looking back at pictures, I'm like, Oh my God, I was like, two pounds away from dying probably you know like I was so so thin but I didn't realize at the time there's a lot of pressure to lose weight and I just wasn't happy yeah I just was not happy and I had a boyfriend at the time (laughs) (laughs) that Went to Georgia Southern, Mm -hmm. where I got my undergraduate degree. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, I I can't do this anymore. Like, be a dance major. And I had, like, a really... There was, like, a big mental breakdown that I went through. Like, trying to fight with myself. Like, to let myself realize that I didn't want to be a dancer anymore. But once that happened, I was like, you know what? I loved that marine biology class. I have always loved the ocean. Always loved it. It just has always been a place that I just feel clarity. And I was like, fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. So I switched uh, schools, switched majors. And just like, you know, with dance, I was terrible at science at first. (laughs) I was so bad at it. And I had, I have 
redacted name as my first biology teacher and she's so scary. <laughs> I'll have Jay just make that redacted. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this is scary and this is horrible, but I want to do it. So I just worked as hard as I could and kind of retaught my brain how to think and it worked out. <laughs> but you stuck it out. Yeah. You stuck it out. And now you're going on like research cruises with people who were your professors in undergrad. Yeah. And hell yeah. 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 I I mean, yeah, I feel like tying it back to the fact that like art and science both take this like perseverance. Yeah. And a lot like some people, of course, are prodigies and they yeah. have like natural skill yeah. and they're just born with it yeah. but most people <laughs> really do have to like work at these things and it has to be something that you like really really love yeah. and like dig your heels into yeah um and I think that's beautiful it is beautiful and yeah. a lot of people I feel like are so scared to do that yeah and I I try to tell like any like undergraduate that's like well I really like biology but I'm not good at it like I try to tell them my story because mm -hmm. I'm like it doesn't matter yeah. like you can do it yeah it's gonna take some work mm -hmm. and you might cry a lot mm -hmm. <laughs> but you can do it yeah like one of the classes that was like the hardest for me in undergrad um was physiology like comparative animal physiology I really really struggled yeah. in that class and now yeah I I'm do sorry. physiology don't you do physiology yeah, now yeah I do physiology <laughs> now yeah um and I love it it just yeah. you know sometimes sometimes you're not the like best match with the teacher sometimes like you just aren't ready for it to be the thing yet and that's okay you know time yeah. takes time yeah preaching I should take my own advice you know but mm -hmm. um <laughs> so do you feel like the when you were a dancer did you ever like choreograph stuff as well like even for fun um yes and no I never I don't think I ever when I was like in high school or anything choreographed anything officially mm -hmm. I do see even now um when I hear music, I see dance mm. in my head. Mm -hmm. um, I did that semester, one semester <laughs> that I was a dance major. I was so miserable. I, I would, my mom would come pick me up on the weekends and I helped choreograph the Nutcracker um, for my like ballet company that I had danced at when I was in high school. Okay. I helped them. Cool. Which was really fun. That is really neat. So do you feel like you could draw parallels between the process of choreographing a dance and the scientific process? That's interesting. Because um, I don't know how to choreograph anything. Like, I have no clue. So you're the expert Yeah. Here. Well, for me, and I'm sure, listen, I'm sure there are some choreograph choreographers <laughs> out there that have a very distinct process, mm -hmm. like, this is how I start. I do this. But it was not like that for mm -hmm. me. I would just kind of go into the studio and play the music and think mm -hmm. and dance and see what felt right mm -hmm. and see if I, what I was, if 
what I was picturing in my head could actually be translated <laughs> to <laughs> to actual move, body that movement. Sounds like experiments. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. the the process and the the thing that I'm picturing in my head. Yeah, will it actually work out? Yeah, does the math. Math. Does the math math yeah. or is it going to fail? Yeah. That's really cool. Um, do you feel like there are any skills that don't really translate between like art and science in general? For sure. Like cite- citations, like citing other people's work. If you do that in dance, people like blacklist you. Wow. Like they're like, that is not your movement. Wow. Like, I don't know if you have scene there's a video i can't remember the original um choreographer but there's a video she did like a um some sort of like thesis or video or something where she made a whole like um movie kind of of her dancing with music and there's a beyonce video that if you play them side by side Mm. it is like un canny hmm. like, there's no way mm-hmm. that it was just you know accidental accidental or random okay. and she didn't credit yeah. her or anything but you know it's Beyonce so yeah. she can get away with it yeah but re- other people you know if that were to happen they'd be like no like it's intellectual property okay and you can't really like cite that yeah you know what I yeah. mean which is interesting because I feel like all dance must be inspired from other dance, right? Just it like is. all science really is inspired from other. Yeah, there's a weird science? fine line. Hmm. Yeah, like there's so there are different techniques. Yeah, that you can uh, that you can learn. Like my ballet technique that I learned was Vaganova. Okay, but there are like there are different. Like my mom was trained in Chiquetti. And, um, like, Balanchine has his own technique. Um, and, like, it's like that for, like, modern dance. Like, you have, like, Martha Graham. And there's all kinds of different techniques. And the styles are very distinct. Okay. So you can, like, choreograph in those styles. Mm. But the actual, like, step-by-step-by-step-by-step movement mm-hmm. is their own property. Okay. Like... As opposed to, like, you know, it would be different for scientists if, like, we came up with a method. You could just be like, oh, I just use this person's method. Yeah, and then just cite them. Yeah. 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 Yeah, okay. It's I kind see of what you weirdly mean. opposite. Yeah, yeah. That is very different. Yeah. What did you, I mean, when you were a kid, did you want to be a dancer? Is that what you always, like, yeah. wanted to be when someone asked you what yeah. you want to be? Always. 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 And, like science didn't really come around until very recently no like I always thought like marine science was like cool but it's never something I thought that I could do Mm -hmm. you know it felt inaccessible and like unattainable yeah because I just didn't think that I was smart enough Mm. to do it Mm. and it's it's funny because every time almost every time I tell someone like oh I'm I'm a marine biologist I get oh that's what I wanted to be when I was a kid yeah until I realized I wanted to make money. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Verbatim. I'm like, before. oh, yeah. Oh, don't worry. I realize I'm going to be poor. <laughs> My whole <laughs> life, it's fine. I mean, not necessarily, but like, I mean, rich in experience, right? Yeah. Rich in experience. Um, can you go into detail for the people about what you studied? 
Like, let us know what your project is. I feel like people, we don't get to talk about this enough. Yeah. 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 So um, I study this coral Mm -hmm. called Oculina arbiscula. It is a um, facultatively symbiotic coral, which means that it can live with and without its symbiotic algae. So um, corals are not plants. They are animals. Um, But what makes them look like plants are these little tiny algae that live within them. And they photosynthesize and they give most of the stuff that they photosynthesize, most of the energy, to the coral itself. Um, And like other corals, they have to live with these algae. Otherwise, like they would die. That's what coral bleaching is. Mm -hmm. Um, But Oculina is kind of a weirdo. She's a little weird. She can live without it perfectly fine. Um, yeah, like they can be in in uh, their natural uh, settings. They're found with and without their wow. corals. So I'm kind of looking at um, how ocean acidification, which is when um, the pH of the ocean is being lowered due to increased carbon dioxide emissions, Um, how that's affecting oculina. And you would think that when um, oculina with their symbionts and oculina without their symbionts are exposed to ocean acidification, you would think that the ones with their symbionts do better. Mm -hmm. They keep growing. They keep, Mm -hmm. you know, they keep their symbionts. They they don't die. Yeah. because they're getting all of that extra energy from their symbiotic algae. But um, the study that was done right before me found that, well, that's not the case. That actually the um, ones without the symbiotic algae do just as well. Wow. So I am think I, I hypothesize <laughs> <laughs> that it is the um, coral's ability to eat. Um, that's allowing them to survive and thrive in more acidic oceans. Okay. Yeah. Do, so is there no significant difference between the corals with the symbionts and without the symbionts mm-hmm. in a lower pH yeah. system? Yeah, there were no significant differences. How low did the pH go? Like, I wonder if you get to a certain, like, low point if that changes. I'm... Sure, it does at some point, but the study that I'm referring to, their low pH treatments were um, pHs of 7.8, which is what it's projected for at the year like 2100. Okay. So So going lower than that would not necessarily be ecologically relevant at this point. At this point in time. It would be knowledge for the sake of knowledge, but not necessarily something we can apply. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So you hypothesize that the fact that the corals are able to feed themselves without their symbiotic algae, yeah, that is what is helping them just maintain in like more stressful conditions. Yeah, I yeah. love that. That's so cool. Um, how how do they eat? Are they filter feeding? They filter feed. Yeah, so okay. they're they're filter feeders because you know they're corals, so they just kind of they can't really move. They're kind of stuck. <laughs> So they have little, these cute little polyps that come out and 
They feed on stuff that's in the water column. Um, my experiment will give them um, little brine shrimp okay. to eat. It's very cool to see them eat. That's very, awesome. I enjoy it. <laughs> so you're doing like different food level treatments? Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, so I'll do one treatment where they're fed like their regular amount. One treatment where they're fed half of that and then one treatment where they're not fed at all. Whew. That's really cool. I love that. Um, what's your favorite thing you've done as a scientist? Oh, you know the answer to this. I know, but we have to I talk know about you know it. the answer. I, I, I have to ask the question. Um, 100% so far, the coolest thing that I've done was go out as a scientific diver on the Nancy Foster, which is a NOAA research vessel um, that took us out to uh, Gray's Reef National Marine Sanctuary, um, 20 miles offshore the coast of or off the coast of Georgia. And you and I, yep, uh, both dove four. for 10 days, <laughs> four times a day <laughs> in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. And it was amazing. It was amazing. We saw some cool stuff. We did. We, we saw, saw some, some really cool stuff. Did we just say that in you? <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> Were we both thinking about the Goliath grouper? I was actually thinking about the bait ball of 40,000, oh. 100,000 oh fish. That was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. I dream about that, man. You do? Yeah. Yeah. It was it was it was gorgeous. I mean, if if you're listening and you ever get the chance to go diving or snorkeling in a large bait ball of bait fish I, yeah. I cannot recommend it enough when it's, Alex and I were we're down we're supposed to be working yeah right we have these quadrats in front of us yeah we're supposed to be counting invertebrates so many invertebrates and all of a sudden just darkness it's like the sun is blacked out yeah. above us and you know that's a little panicky yeah because you're like is there a giant animal above me <laughs> You have that evolutionary fear that kicks in. Yeah. Yeah, when a shadow goes over you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you just look up, and it's just, like, thou- hundreds of thousands of these beautiful silvery fish mm-hmm. just surrounding you. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it felt like I was in Finding Nemo. Yeah. And they're, like, moving in unison. Yeah. You know, they're, they're doing the, their schooling behavior, yeah. which is... Schooling behavior is so cool. Yeah. And they're like going right over your head, go diving over the reef, going yeah. up, swirling around. There are larger fish that are like chasing them. Chasing them. So they're moving around. And, and somehow they uh, know that you're not a threat to them. Yeah. Like they don't care. Like yeah. I'm sure if you started like trying to grab chasing them, them. they yeah. would. But it's just they're just surrounding you and it really makes you like feel the pulse of the ocean. Yeah. It's like a you. dance. It is like a dance. I mean, man. they are like dancers. Like they they are maybe the, some of the world's best dancers. Yeah. Because the the I unison mean, that they can move with when they're schooling is it's precise. I will never understand how it's incredible. Just yeah. a split seconds like fractions of seconds that they have to move in unison mm-hmm. and they can just do it yeah without a thought and they didn't plan it beforehand no <laughs> and they don't need music some dancers can't even do that <laughs> they don't have any beats to follow they've got no beats to follow only 
fear. Nobody's counting for them. No beats, only fear. <laughs> no beats but the heartbeat of their predator. <laughs> I still want to know what was like above them. I don't want to know. Going for them because there was definitely something. I don't want that, to know. I mean, the fish were so thick we couldn't see. Yeah. But we could see them kind of like reacting and moving yeah. down. Like and pulsing. Pulsing down towards us. And there was definitely something large above them. Definitely. Like trying to eat them. But we could not see what it was. I couldn't see. And I don't think I want to know. Yeah. I don't know that I want to know what it yeah. was. And Alex and I still got our work done. Yeah. We did, right? Yeah, we did. I think we got our work done on that day. Four quadrats. Four quadrats each. Well, no, it was three. We only needed three each at that point. You oh, probably yeah. got four I quadrats. Probably four. <laughs> I probably got three quadrats. <laughs> I'm not a marine invertebrate person. I just became one for this yeah. cruise. And she was part of a team spineless. Team spineless. I had to learn 50, 60. Uh, at least 50, like, if not more. Invertebrates about a month beforehand. Yeah. And I, I put my whole self into it. It's so crazy it it. how different, how much easier it was to learn when you could feel it. Touch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As opposed to just, oh, I don't know, looking at like a tiny flash card of something living. <laughs> a printed like, photo. I have no idea what oh, this ew, is. What? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's very different to be on Team Spineless than Team Spine because like when you're handling fish or sharks, you are very deliberately handling them. You're trying to handle them as least, like, as little as possible, yeah. as quickly as possible. You have get to them, be on an iCook. Done. Yeah, you have to be on an iCook. Like, you have to have multiple people who are, you know, restraining and doing this yeah. and that. And meanwhile, Team Spineless. We're just like, hey, poke this. Yeah, we're down there. <laughs> Come feel it. Quadrats. Literally just, I can, I'm not sure if this is a sponge or a tuna case. So I'm just going to touch it. Yeah. And that will give me the answer. Yeah. And it sure will. It sure will. If it doesn't move. It's a sponge. It's, yeah. If I it, was like, if, if it, it does, does move, move tunicate. She's a tunicate. She, or uh, salv- salvations? No. <laughs> Larvations. <laughs> An obsidian? I combined it with, okay, I was combining it with salt. <laughs> you, just, you just cut that out. Or we can leave or it. Or we can leave it's it fine. in. It's fine. Salvations. <laughs> Oh, and then if it stings you. If it stings you, it's probably freaking filigrana implexa. Or eudendrium. Or eudendrium. I had welts. Oh my god. All over my hands. It was the it was the filigrana for me. And really? Even Danny, who was who is my advisor and the, the lead scientist of our of Team Spineless, would well he came up to me like it was like, it's never done that before. Like, why is it stinging me? <laughs> it's because you were in the water. It's because I was in the water. That's because. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. And we couldn't wear gloves because. You have to feel it. You have to be able to actually feel under your fingers what yeah. what the creature is. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll, you would never be able to figure it out. No. Even even like being able to touch everything. Yeah. You there are still certain like invertebrates are just so diverse and also can look so similar. Yeah. Um and one like, you know, spe- some species can have so many different yeah, 
they all look different. They all yeah. look different. Yeah, like um, Symplegma. Yeah, Symplegma. So many freaking color variations. Pink, orange, neon yellow. Neon yellow. Black and white. Purple. Purple, yeah. So many. And they're all so beautiful. They really I are. love Symplegma. I really like Symplegma. It's really cool. It's beautiful. Um, so if that's, that's your favorite thing that you've done as a scientist... Yeah. What's your favorite thing you've done as a dancer? Ooh, this might be a little harder. I've done many things as a dancer. Mm-hmm. I think that my favorites were either um, we did one year, we did a production of The Princess and the Frog. Mm-hmm. And I got to be, I was cast as Dr. Facilier. And I loved being like that evil weird contorted movement uh-huh it was so fun okay I can just sometimes I'm like should I be an actor because <laughs> I like I just love like turning myself into that like evil character uh-huh. like I can like feel it Behind my eyes. I can see it in your eyebrows right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. My eyebrows are very expressive. Um, beautiful. I just plucked them. <laughs> um, I, I just loved it so much. And it was just, it was very fun to, it was nothing like I had ever done before. Yeah. Like I, before that I was very like either doing some sort of like, ballet or like rockety tap music music tap number yeah and um or I don't know like some sort of jazzy but this was like it was almost like I I I didn't choreograph it but I was able to take the choreography that was given to me and kind of put that weird twist on it and I just loved that Mm-hmm. It was so much fun. You got to set yourself in the story. Yeah. Yeah. And I really like, I just like being evil. <laughs> you could be a mad scientist. I could be a mad scientist. I'd be good at it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much, it was so much fun. Yeah. It's just really kind cool. of, there was like a really like powerful feeling behind yeah. it. Kind of like defiant. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So you got to put yourself in the story of that. Yeah. And then when we do science, we get to put ourselves in the story of science. Of science. Right? Yeah. Kind of insert ourselves. Um, like that quote, uh, standing on the shoulders of giants. Yeah. It's at the it's always on the Google Scholar open page. Yes. Yeah. 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 Which I love to use Google Scholar. Scholar. Me personally. too. I almost exclusively use Google Scholar. And I know they tell us you shouldn't. I know, but yeah. I do. It's, it's just so it's bad. so much easier than going to the and library webpage. It's so much more accessible. Yeah. The library webpage is a pain. Yeah. And they don't always have the papers. No. And from Google Scholar, I can go and request them. Yeah. Through through our university. Yeah. Um, do you feel like in society and so in in society in general and then also in your personal life do you feel like you have been sort of encouraged to combine art and science and and view them as similar or do you feel like you've been 
encouraged to sort of look at them separately and kind of separate them? Um, I think I would say I've been encouraged, maybe not encouraged, mm-hmm. but it's definitely there is an air of separation. Yeah. Like every time I tell people like, oh, well, I used to be a dance major and then I switched to biology. The reaction I get is, wow, well, that Mm -hmm. was a big turn, Mm -hmm. you know, like they're two, these two separate entities that can't really coexist. Like rigidly separate and people who do one, it's assumed they're not going to be able to do the other or they're not going to choose to do the other. Yeah. Yeah. There is a there is a very large assumption there of oh well if you're a dancer you you must not be very smart or oh you're a scientist you must not be very creative yeah and it's really not the case yeah which is wild because science is literally such a creative endeavor yeah you know like designing projects sometimes there's a logical next step yeah. There. Yeah. When you read a paper and you're you decide, well, obviously this is the next step. Yeah. But sometimes you just read a a random side fact cited in a paper. Yeah. And something about that just like, oh, yeah. gets you going. It like, like settles what, in your heart and you're that? like, whoa, what is going on here? Yeah. And then you research and then you realize we don't know anything about this. Yeah. And then you're like, well, I'm going to find out stuff about this. Yeah. And it's pretty amazing. Yeah. That people do that. I, yeah. I love being friends with scientists because you just hear them talk about all of these crazy things yeah. that they're interested in and you're like oh well now I'm interested in mm-hmm. that and the fact that like we just no matter how small we are some like creating knowledge when you do something someone's never done before like yeah. no one's ever done the experiment on oculina that you are doing yeah before like you are the first person to do this yeah uh, and that's like nutty. Like you can't. It I is. feel like I can't even think that hard about it because yeah. then things get weird yeah. in the universe, right? Yeah. And you're realizing like how much a part of it you all are. Yeah. And that can be very scary. Yeah. I right. Hate it. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> you hate it, but you love, but but love it. Right? Oh, I love I hate it. it, but love it. Yeah. Yeah. I. I very. I realize. A long time ago that I was never going to be happy if I didn't feel like I was contributing something to the world. Yeah, exactly. Same. You know? mm-hmm. And I feel now that that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, uh, it makes me happy. It gets you, it keeps you going every day to feel like you are a part of something larger than yourself. Yeah. And I feel like both science and art can be considered very much larger than the self yeah that creates it it kind of becomes it takes on its own life in a way yeah in both cases you know science as the knowledge that is developed and art as something that makes people feel things yeah like you know yeah and I feel like for something to be art it just has to make people feel things yeah you know yeah yeah which is so funny because a lot of science is like no feeling yes no feeling only think (laughs) yeah and when I was really writing a lot of poetry 
um, which is all feelings. I I really didn't like to share that I did that with like science colleagues or even like friends that I had gotten closer with through science. Yeah. Because I mean, colleagues, it makes sense. Like if you're just working together, you don't really need to talk about that. But it was something that I like actively hid because I didn't want people to take me less seriously. Yeah. Um, You know, when they they read these like emotions that I I have made public in a very deliberate way. Yeah. Um, which I mean, all you have to do is talk to me for five seconds and you'll realize that I'm an emotional person. But I was still trying <laughs> <Me> to <laughs> I was still trying to cover that up, you yeah. know, because I think I feel like a lot of the time we're I mean, it's it's not even like directly said or encouraged, but science does feel very much like cut the feelings out. It does, but it's so interesting, too. I was thinking about this on the drive here. Yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of, um, I feel like a lot of people would think that, like, oh, dancers, they're very feeling, very, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. you know, um, are allowed to feel things and blah, blah. But when I was, like, go away to summer intensives, and this wasn't necessarily true at where I danced, like, at home in my high school, but... When I would go away places, it was very much like no feeling like you are here to learn. You are here to do this. You're going to dance for eight hours a day. Then you're going to go to sleep and you're going to kind of eat and then you're going to get up and then you're going to do it again. And it was very intense and very unhealthy. Whereas most of the scientists that I have encountered are like, hey, you're new at this, like, you are allowed to have feelings. We have all been there before. Like, we've all been at that place where you're terrified of writing and a lot more it's okay to feel Mm -hmm. than some of my experiences when I was a dancer. Yeah, like with the rigidity of of ballet specifically. Yeah, specifically ballet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't feel like any like mentor or any professor I've ever had has been like, you need to be unfeeling to be a scientist. Yeah. But it is this kind of weird, I think it's like this old culture that it's definitely kind of on its way out. Yeah. Um, And, you know, it kind of hovers around the edges. And I think because like we're young or we're new, like we worry about that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And, um, oh my God brain fart muscle relaxer it's okay (laughs) i mean what was i gonna say i'll come back into it there definitely has to be like an objectivity yes i was just gonna say like there's a difference between like having your feelings and and being an emotional person and allowing yourself to introduce bias yeah into your study which are are two completely different things they really are and i feel like a lot of maybe some of the older feelings of science are like, that's the same thing, mm-hmm. but it's really, it's so different. It is right. It's different. so different. Yeah. Yeah. And so do you feel like, obviously when you're a dancer, you are faced with tons of criticism. I mean, mm-hmm. you've, you've made that clear here. Yeah. Do you feel like because you've had, you've already had experiences with criticism like that, mm-hmm. um, especially when it's, regarding to like your body as well that's taking that sort of criticism is very very difficult do you feel like when you get criticism of your scientific writing 
it's like nothing like that kind of rolls off your back because you've already dealt with such severe criticism before in your life. Um, so it is, it does make it easier and it doesn't Mm -hmm. like I, I think from my dance years and from so many, so many years of being stared at in a mirror and being told what's wrong with you looking at the mirror myself and seeing only what's wrong. Mm -hmm. When it comes to my like scientific writing, I see only what's wrong, Mm. you know? So it, it makes it, it's, I feel like it's given me more anxiety to give things to my advisor and say, Hey, can you read this? But it's also like not a feeling that is new. Mm-hmm. So I am able to cope with the, you know, criticism. Okay. And I realize that, you know, it is the criticism that made me a good dancer, yeah. you know, and it's going to make me a good writer. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think there are healthy and unhealthy ways to go about that. And thankfully, my ad- advisor is, you know, does it in a healthy way. We love Danny. I love Danny. Yeah. Um, Whereas maybe some of the dancers uh, that I had didn't go about it in the right way. Yeah. And like not the most healthy way. Yeah. Like not constructive. Yeah. Just for example, when I went away to a summer intensive one time, I had this teacher that had this like serving fork that she would walk around with and she had like glittered it and would like poke you with it. When you were like, your gut was out or something during bar, and she'd like use it to like try and put your body in the correct place. Yeah. And because it was covered with glitter, was it leaving behind glitter on your clothes? No, it was just like her thing that she carried. Like she had like bejeweled she, like, it. De- okay. You know what I mean? Okay. And I it thought was she like, was like marking you guys no, with glitter. I was but like, it was like, she was like poking you with a fork. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Not much better. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is really nice to have an advisor who is really good about the constructive criticism yeah. with the writing. I feel similar. I love when she tears apart my stuff. It always makes it so much better. And she is always, like, very constructive about it. It never feels like... It's never churlish. Like, I can tell that when she goes at it, she has, like, my best success in mind. Yeah. And you can sense that through the edits. It's never like, wow, you are so stupid. Why would you write this? It's more, this was a really good (laughs) Good first draft. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good effort. <laughs> you're not there right now, yeah, but you but will. You're, you'll get, get there later. If you were to choreograph a dance inspired by the ocean, what style of dance like would you would you utilize? Oh, it would be a mix of ballet and contemporary. Okay, so it would be. Kind of a weird, like a hybrid. Yeah. Like it would fusion. not be modern, I'll tell you that right okay. now. My, <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> the dancers that are listening will get it. Okay. <laughs> um, it would be like a like a contemporary ballet piece. Okay. On point. 
On point. It would be on point. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and I know exactly what song it would be, too. What song? There's this one song um, from the Finding Nemo soundtrack <laughs> that makes me feel feelings. Feel feelings. About both the ocean and about dance. Because oh. I used to. I, I've loved this song for so many years. What is it called? We may get sued by Disney. Probably. I'm <laughs> about to bleep it out. Okay, it's called Wow. It's on the Finding Nemo. And even when I was in high school, like I, I, I loved the ocean. Like mm-hmm. I didn't think I could be a biologist, but I loved the ocean. And I would listen to it and I would just like picture movement in my head mm-hmm. inspired by the ocean. And so I, yeah. Wow. It would it would feel I it would it would feel very much how I feel when I'm scuba diving. Okay. Yeah. The weightlessness. The weightlessness, the way it makes my chest feel, the mm-hmm. the calm. Yeah. The way you, you kind of are you are kind of at the whim of the water. Yeah. And you can swim against it, but it is gonna it's move gonna, around. It's gonna you. move you where it wants and to. And it's move gonna you. move you. Yeah. Yeah. You're face first into the current yep. kick in and you are in the same place. <laughs> be a little discouraging yeah sometimes you have video of me doing that I do <laughs> <laughs> there is definitely there were definitely points when we were like diving down <clears throat> on the foster yeah. where I would be like we've been in the same place for 10 minutes yeah <laughs> yeah we are just kicking into the current yeah and we're not going very far very trippy it is very trippy yeah, yeah. um if the ocean was a dancer what style of dance mm. do you think it would do? Should be a contemporary dance. Contemporary, yeah. Okay. Contemporary is like not very structured. Okay. Like it's kind of the one form of dance that doesn't have like techniques. Okay. Like it's kind of just whatever movement you want to move. You want to move. However you want to feel, whatever you're moving, like there's no structure. And that's, I mean, that is very fitting for the ocean. Yeah. It's like, She's an unpredictable girl. She is. And I mean, scientists, like, we still don't know. A, I mean, I am not a fluid dynamics physicist. Yeah. But from what I understand is we still don't know a lot about certain ways that water moves. Yeah. And when to bodies of water with forces when they come together how exactly that all plays out yeah um I mean we still don't exactly know what makes rogue waves yeah I believe we know that they happen but yeah and there's a few theories but we're not 100% sure on what causes a rogue wave to develop yeah yeah I love that so if different Groups of marine invertebrates were mm. dancers. What <laughs> styles of dance would they do? That is interesting. Marine invertebrate dance types. Yeah. Mm. I feel like corals would be the ballet dancers mm. of the the of the ocean of the invertebrates of the invertebrates. Yeah, like very. Well, not all of them. Hard corals, maybe. Hard corals. Very rigid very but very beautiful yeah and they do have movement with their polyps but they are very structured mm-hmm. um what about nudibranchs nudibranchs yeah oh, i love nudibranchs 
They'd be contemporary dancers. Contemporary. Too. Maybe modern. Okay. But like they'd have their own specific uh what's the word I'm looking for? Techniques. Technique. They'd have their own technique. Okay. Because there are there there is I mean, name one other thing that's as unique as Nudabranks. I can't. Can't. You stumped me. <laughs> yeah. I cannot. Who who's doing tap dance? Tap dance? Yeah. Shrimp. Shrimp. <laughs> You're so right. Did you just hear him fucking crackling? Yeah, just at the snapping at the bottom of the ocean, which is a beautiful sound. It is really cool. It is beautiful. It's shrimp. Shrimp or tap dancers. I love that. That's amazing. Or the the man the mantis shrimp. The mantis shrimp. They like boom. Yeah. You know? Punching. They like punch you so Punching fast. Arms. Yeah. Um, I guess those are shrimp too. Yes. All shrimp are. Mantis shrimp are shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. You heard it first. here first, folks. Shrimp or shrimp. Shocker. Um, who's doing jazz? Hmm. <laughs> the jazz hands. It's the jazz hands from Jazz hands. Hmm. For some reason. I'm feeling symplegma. Symplegma specifically. Yes. Specifically symplegma. If okay. you don't know what it looks like, which you probably don't. It looks it's like very, dots. It does look like dipping dots. Neon dipping dots. Neon dipping dots mm-hmm. at the bottom of the ocean. With a little hole. Weirdly enough, we're close, more closely related to symplegma, ocean dipping dots, than we are to corals. <laughs> And then we are to, like, octopus, like any other invertebrate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, We're more closely related to symplegma. Yeah. (sighs) Trippy. So trippy. So, yeah. It's because of their, uh, what's the? Dorsal hollow nerve cord? Yeah. But but what's the? Notochord? Yeah, but what's the stage that they have it in? Oh, um, larvae. Yeah, larval stage. It's because of their larval stage. Okay. Yeah, I should I should remember that Dr. Vivas really had us like commit a tunicate larvae to memory. Yeah. Or like, I think it was a ascidian larvae yeah. to memory actually, or that, and then amphioxus. I don't know. We don't need to go <laughs> to the only down reason that. that I know that is uh-huh. because. I was talking to Danny one time and he told me that and he was like, why? Like, he was like, we're uh, more closely related to them. Why do you think that is? And I was like. They're uh, chordates? They're chordates? And he was like, and what makes them a chordate? And I was like, ha! <laughs> it's been so many years since I learned that. I don't know. That is like freshman year stuff. Yeah. Um. What is your favorite marine invertebrate? Mm. I love nudibranchs. I know. They're so beautiful. They're so cute. They're fun. And it's just... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Alex just leaned forward and put her hands on her back to symbolize the nudibranch butt fluff, a.k.a. their their lungs. Chessie's symbol... (laughs) Scuba diving language for noodle break is yeah. <laughs> butt fluff. to put my hand behind my back and wiggle my fingers. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. They're also my favorite marine invertebrate. Yeah. I can't. I can't I just really. love them so much. Yeah. There's, like, there's no contest. Yeah. That's such, like, I feel like it's such a basic answer for a, mar- a person that's a marine, a marine biologist. biologist. Yeah. That is an actual marine biologist. Um, but yeah. I just, I love them. I mean, my second pick would be, like, an octopus. You yeah. Know? Like the mollusk family, or the mollusk phylum, excuse me. How dare you? Really has the hits. They really do. They really have the hits. They really do. I mean. No skips album, you know? Yeah. (laughs) In the mollusk phylum. Got fucking nautilists. Beautiful. Bivalves. Bivalves. Snails. You just can't go wrong. You really can't go wrong. I agree. I'm um, telling you, you should become an invertebrate biologist. Come to the dark side. We have nudibranchs. <laughs> God, nobody's going to think we're funny. <laughs> it doesn't matter because we think we're funny. Um, right. So are there any other art mediums, if any, that you are thinking of branching of into the future? Hmm. I would definitely want to start dance back up. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Um, it's been a long time since I've done that. Um, I also like to paint. Mm-hmm. I'm real bad at it. Mm. I am not good at it. <laughs> I can't either. I don't understand how people can see something and translate that onto a page like just doing it blows my mind so funny that you say that because literally last night when I was recording with Renee yeah I said the same thing to her yeah because she's an illust- she's an illustrator and her drawings are really realistic yeah like very detailed yeah and I I just was telling her like I don't know how you do that yeah that that ability to and I, I mean, I don't know how you dance, like that ability to to see that movement yeah. and then reproduce it in your body. That yeah. is that is also something that is like takes a level of of skill and like living within your your physical self yeah. to do. Yeah. And not just like lightly living in your physical self, like being very aware of where you are in your yeah. body. Yeah. And that's hard. Yeah. And it's definitely a skill you have to learn. And it's. Yeah. It's very interesting because I'm really good at it in some aspects. Like, if I see somebody dancing, nine times out of ten, I can start dancing, like, the same movement that they're dancing. But if you ask me to catch a ball, (laughs) absolutely not. Can't do it. No hand-eye coordination. Same. I can't do either, though, so. What can you do? Um... So if you were not a coral biologist, mm-hmm. if you couldn't be a coral biologist, what other like branch of science would you pick to study? What would you want to do if mm-hmm. coral didn't exist? If coral didn't exist. Which would be a, a bad world to live in, bad. but for the sake of the question. For the sake of the question. Um, I think genetics would be really cool. I don't know genetics of what. Mm-hmm. Um, I also some sort of marine, yeah, something, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, or sea turtle biologist. 
I know that's so basic. Sea turtles. I don't care. I love them. They're amazing. They're really cool. They are so cool. They do cool stuff, and, like, we, there's a lot we don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot we don't know about everything. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. To wrap up, um, what is what is a misconception people have about coral? Like, a, a common misconception that you would like to set the record straight on? Corals are not plants, folks. <laughs> <laughs> They're not plants. They're do, animals. Do most people think they're plants? Yeah. Wow. A lot of people think they're plants. Wow. A lot. I'm like, and like, <laughs> I get all the time, like, oh, well, corals eat. Because yeah. like, that's the whole basis of my study. Yeah. And people are like, what? What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. And algae, not a plant either. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when I tell people, oh, yeah, kelp is not a plant. Yeah. They are shocked. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Yeah. And also, I mean, plants, yes, they take our carbon dioxide Mm -hmm. and turn it into oxygen. Mm -hmm. But they also need oxygen. Like, I think people forget they need carbon dioxide and oxygen to live. Like, if you starve them of oxygen and put them in a room with just carbon dioxide, they would not be able to survive. Yeah. Yeah. And they also produce a lot of carbon dioxide. Yeah. People don't realize. Yeah. Plants respirate, y'all. Yeah. They respire. Yeah. The carbon dioxide is just to make their food. Yeah. And the oxygen's a byproduct. It's just a byproduct. They breathe oxygen and release CO2 just like that. Just like us. Not just like that. Um, We just got real lucky that they produce it as a byproduct. Yeah. Otherwise. Yeah. mm. They have to breathe too. Cellular respiration. Yeah. Can't really do it without oxygen. Well, you can. You can. But not for very long. Not for very long. It's not very <laughs> that efficient. Is, it is not very efficient. <laughs> and you produce a bunch of lactic acid and then you're really sore mm-hmm. and it's not very fun. Yeah. If you had to give a thesis statement on the way art and science intersects, oh, what would it be? I know it's a hard one. For me, the the place that art and science most intersect is the the drive that it takes to get you there. Mm. You know? Yeah. Like it's not some it's easier for some people. For me, neither were easy. Yeah. And it's taken a lot of work and a lot of perseverance to, you know, for in both places to have gotten where I got. Yeah. And it was worth it. Hell yeah. Cause what I want to do what I love beautiful if you would like people to find you on the internet after they listen to this podcast uh where could they find you where should they go uh you can find me on instagram at alex hundra daniel (laughs) that's not confusing at all (laughs) we can spell it out in the show notes okay yeah (laughs) cool Awesome. Yeah. This was fun. It was. Thank you. Thank you. It's been so long since I've talked about. <laughs> I feel like sometimes I forget that I used to be a ballet dancer. I thought you were going to make a joke and say, it's been so long since we talked. <laughs> it has. It's been. I saw you four five hours. hours. <laughs> wow. It's also so funny talking to you like you don't already know most of this. I mean, some of it I didn't know, you know. Yeah. And some of it I got more detail. And I was enthralled the whole time. So, so thank you. 
talking with you. It was fun. It was very fun. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of Mutualisms, the podcast. I'm your host, Chessie. The theme song was written by Jay Hemphill. Podcast editing is also done by Jay Hemphill. If you'd like to keep up with us, you can follow us on Instagram at mutualismspod. If you would like to keep up with any of our guests, their social media information will be listed in the show notes. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe if you enjoyed today's episode. And thank you so much again, and we'll see you next week. Have a wonderful day.